right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is episode 42. And once again, same as before, uh, the popularity of the space episodes, Jason and I are still on that road. Uh, today, we are going to t- take apart SpaceX and uh, Elon Musk, who is one interesting character. Uh, he's an actor. Anyone who looked at his resume would know that, kind of like Stephen Hawking, right? You look at a man's resume and acting in major motion pictures is on it. You are looking at an actor, uh, self-professed actor, I would add. But anyhow, um, we had set out to start to take apart space, and it was so popular that we started to get requests. We have hit every request we've had with the exception of SpaceX, which this episode will handle, and then we're going to do Virgin Galactic. And there's a lot of interest in Virgin Galactic, too, because of Sir Richard Branson and the fact that really it doesn't look like they've done a single damn thing out there but fail, uh, to be honest with you, because Jason did start to put together a list for that episode, which will probably be the next one. We'll see how far we get in here with SpaceX. Um, if we have enough SpaceX coverage for this episode the next one will absolutely be um virgin galactic but anyhow uh let's get jason in here welcome jason hello again so this is kind of a you know i'm going through the list you put together it's it's a little bit different than what we've been doing uh elon musk kind of an odd duck isn't he yeah see this is different because with elon you have this major figurehead as opposed to nasa being this government organization here we have everything wrapped around this one central figure and and he's a character and a half i'll 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 definitely say that yeah you know it's it's always struck me funny uh when when he started the whole tesla motors thing Uh, all i could think of is at the time was what he just grabs a man's name and then copyrights it and trademarks it um it'd be interesting to know and i haven't looked um whether there was remaining family from the supposed character called tesla um how that all went down i mean seemingly if you wanted to name it edison motors um there would have been hell to pay but that's kind of a side point um with elon musk you know i actually have a personal story about elon musk here where i'm living now um gentrification is going on where i live now used to be a lot of farmers and a lot of fishermen and it's becoming all doctors and lawyers now but one of the neighbors uh who built an enormous house i was speaking with him and he went out to work with elon musk at tesla motors and this is what he had to say about old elon clearly a brilliant man but he doesn't understand how a damn thing works um, and he went into talking about timelines that Elon was throwing down where we'll do this in three weeks. And this man, you know, this kind of pillar of business was sitting there thinking there's no way you could do that in three months or half a year. What's this man talking about? But I, you know, I, I, I have never really had any direct contact uh, to talk with someone about Elon, but I just thought it was funny. His statement was clearly a brilliant man, but he doesn't understand how anything works. Yeah, I actually saw a lot of mixed reviews on on how he is on a personal level. Uh, People on Glassdoor were saying that uh, he was phenomenal to work for and great and wonderful. And then I saw some other articles where a lot of people that used to work at SpaceX, uh, and I think Tesla as well, went to work for Apple. And so Elon was making these slams about how, you know, Apple is full of failed employees of his. Well, if you're hiring them in the first place, obviously they had some sort of brilliance that you saw value in to have them on your team. So what happened uh, that, uh, you know, they're no longer working for you? I I would suspect it's a clash of egos because a lot of very smart people also have big heads. 
You know, what it appears to me in the Internet age is that what we have seen is the Googles, the PayPals, which is Elon Musk's first company, um, where he made his first fortune, supposedly, um, and even the YouTubes, which was one of the biggest buyouts by Google at the time. I forget how many billion dollars, four or five billion dollars, I think, if I remember back. Um, it seems like the people who run our world uh, were very aware of what the Internet age was going to be, and they just simply shuffled the competition to the side. You see a similar thing with Apple. Um, of course, we had uh, Bill Gates pushing the PCs, but at some point uh, they step in and buy something like 45% of Apple, and pretty soon Apple is running Intel um you know, chips in its computer, which is an interesting thing to call them Intel. More Intel has been collected on the world through those chips than, than anything, you know, <laughs> pro ever known to man. So naming them Intel, my point is this, all the competition we see, like even Facebook, um, it seems like the right players are being slotted into the right companies, which become the giants that we see. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyhow, you want to, uh, you want to just jump in and, and start Heading down the road? Yeah, I want to add an aside in there. I, I've tried to look into a lot of that whole early history of Apple and IBM and Microsoft and all that, and I really do wonder what the accuracy of that is because, again, it almost seems like it's a really cool story with characters being played out. And I'm not saying that none of it was true, but it seems like the way things went down was just a little convenient. But that being said, let's get into Elon Musk and SpaceX. All right, man, let's do it. Elon was born on June 28, 1971. He is said to have been a child prodigy, born in South Africa. He was writing software as a youngster and selling it. That's how he first started making money. His really big thing was he is a co-founder of what became PayPal. Uh, and that situation came about when Confinity merged with XCOM, that was a company that Musk had founded. And this is where he got his first major, major fortune from. He is said to have a current approximate wealth of $11.5 billion, which puts him in the top 100 of wealthiest people in the world, at least acknowledged. I would uh, definitely throw in there that the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all those uh, old old money families definitely don't disclose their real wealth, and it's, it's probably in obscene amounts. Right. Elon, uh, who is constantly touted as a real-life Tony Stark Iron Man, is part of what's called the Giving Pledge, and it's a pledge of billionaires, by billionaires, to donate the majority of their wealth to philanthropy, or helping humanity, alongside such other notable humanitarians, such as Bill and Melinda Gates, Warren Buffett, Ted Turner, Mark Zuckerberg, and David Rockefeller. And also, I might add in Star Wars' George Lucas, he's also a signee. So that just tells you a little bit about who Elon Musk is. Well, what jumps out at me right away, uh, looking at Elon Musk and his birth, is that he's born, what, six or seven days after the summer solstice, which is the height of the sun's power, uh, encoded as such in so many movies. Uh, I've broken down a couple of them. Not only that, he's born in a place in South Africa called Pretoria. And while I have not done the research, I would be very surprised if what I'm about to say is not correct. Pretoria almost certainly got its name from the Roman influence or the supposed Roman influence on the, on the southern African continent. And as so many of us can remember, the Caesars had a personal guard called the Praetorian Guard. So we already start to see uh, possible encoding around the possible character of Elon Musk. Yeah, the, these words and terms, they all mean stuff. Anyone who, who does any kind of research 
on any realistic level. Uh, I mean, I, I started learning all this way back when, when I was watching Jordan Maxwell videos, and he was talking about the etymology of words and how significant they are and how they don't mean a lot of times what you think they do. So when you see these things cropping up over and over and over again, you know there's almost certainly some sort of uh, higher definition behind it. Yeah, um, when when you start taking apart uh, these major figures and you look at their birth dates and you look at, you know, we'll, we'll get more into this into the next episode, um, the idea of what it means to be knighted. But uh, even as I began to look again, um, it all roots back into the medieval chivalric code. And I sent you a list, and we'll talk about this more, but that chivalric code from the medieval, which is supposedly where modern knights stem from, um, it shows that at age seven, they're already predetermined to play the role they're going to play. And I think we see a lot of that in the ruling elite. Um, but that's kind of a side point that gets very difficult to demonstrate. Yeah. And I totally agree with you there. The thing that jumped out at me when I read that list is how this is set up right from the get go. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, there, there's no getaway. Go ahead. Yep. So Elon found SpaceX, which actually stands for Space Exploration Technologies Corporation, in June of 2002. The company is originally based in El Segundo, California, but it relocates to Hawthorne, California. By 2006, Elon Musk has invested $100 million of his own money into the startup of the company with the stated objective of building a simple, inexpensive, and reusable rocket. Right. And again, you know, you're looking at the founding of the company in 2002 in June. So we're at the summer solstice again. And as we go through this, I'll try to pay attention um, to see if we're playing. But you've got to remember that the previous space mission um, before uh, what we currently had recently, which was the um, what do you call them, the shuttles, um, things were named Apollo. Well, Apollo is a reference to the sun. The sun is at its height in this world for the Western Hemisphere, the so-called Western Hemisphere, uh, June 21, June 22, with our jacked-up calendar. Of course, that date changes from time to time. But another thing I'm noticing is you state here that SpaceX is set up in El Segundo. If I am not mistaken, Segundo in Spanish means second which is a bit ironic to me. That would be the second uh, when translated into English, NASA having been the first. And it's been my contention since SpaceX started that what's going on here is they are trying to shuffle the government agency, the paramilitary agency, NASA, out the door as quickly as they can because seemingly the American people could have some recourse if they came after wrongdoing with a branch of government, even though that's unlikely. Supposedly, there's a way it could be done. When you get... El Segundo California's SpaceX, which is a privately held corporation, to be the new NASA privately held, there will be no recourse for anyone. Um, you know, they can claim company secrets, they can claim national security, they can claim anything they want, and we don't even really have the wherewithal to question whether their claim is valid. So um, there's my cards on the table. And here's the big thing that a lot of folks who are starting to understand what the straw man identity is and the corporations and all that uh, corporations have just as many much rights as a person they're they're their own identities yeah that's you know so the, we start to really get into the bane of modern existence when we begin to look at what a corporation is of course the prefix to the word is corp which is a dead body this dead body is then given the rights of a human being a living human being um i've stated this many times before i've stated in articles so there are accounts that the first corporations were set up to protect people of African descent, 
there are further accounts that the first year that corporations were implemented, there were more set up in the way we would currently recognize them than were set up to protect those people of African descent. There are many differing accounts, but I thought I'd throw that one out. But when you start to think about what a corporation is and that it literally is a dead entity given the rights of a human being, you begin to see the construct of what is going on here. And I'll tell you what, Jason, like right now, you know, I just went out to, to start to buy a car again. And uh, every time I do it, I feel further drawn into this kind of slimy corporate web where they just want to pull you into contracts and you know, check your credit and take your social and do all these things when you're simply trying to buy a car. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is that if people want to understand what's going on here, basically NASA, which was a government agency, supposedly paramilitary, maybe, um, is being replaced by a private corporation. So you need to understand what it means when you're talking about a private corporation. But there it is. There it is. Yep. All, all correct. So, in the beginning, SpaceX has three really bad total failures launching rockets in 2006, 7, and 8. The third failure was said to have almost killed the company off completely, but an outside billionaire investor named Peter Thiel swoops in to save the day with uh, some serious money. Then on June 4, 2010, the Falcon 9 rocket completes a successful maiden flight carrying what's called the Dragon spacecraft into orbit. And it seems that old Elon is doing the same thing as NASA with the way he names things. So here we are again in June. Um, they're claiming that they had disaster after disaster, which is, a you know, these things don't ring true to me. We have the whole Gemini, supposedly, missions. We have the Apollo missions. We have all the rocket work, supposedly, from World War II, from both sides of the Atlantic. Not only supposedly what the Nazis were doing, but supposedly what we were doing with intercontinental ballistic missiles and all these other things that were either not quite on the table, but being worked towards, we are told. Um, and so here in 2006, 2007, 2008, we see nothing but failure. So where is all that experience? At that as human beings. See, when human beings achieve a thing, generally what happens is you get better at it as you learn and go along. But then here again, we have Peter Thiel swooping in. Uh, he's a billionaire, so of course he has an interest to save this other billionaire, I guess. Um, and they do it in June. And we've already said twice now we're coming into the height of the peak of the sun, which the previous space endeavors were named after under the guise Apollo, and that's when the Falcon 9 comes in. And that's about all I can mention there. Of course, they have, they name it Dragon. They're, that's a whole other thing. But um, I, I should actually look up the, the encoding of the word Falcon since it's Falcon 9. But go ahead, Jason. I'll, I'll take a quick look at the Gematria of Falcon and see if it's actually 11. Well, supposedly he named it after the Millennium Falcon, but who knows if that's accurate or not. Well, well that's <laughs> telling, too. I mean, are, are we working? This was my one of my major problems with the kind of space Disneyland in, in Houston. You walk in, and one of the first things you see is a Star, Star Trek TV show shuttle named Ga Galileo and, you know, showing how all these supposed real things got named. Are we doing serious things here? Oh, is space science a, a serious endeavor? Well, I would submit that if what we're doing here is a serious space science endeavor, we're not going to cross over into entertainment. I think this is a poke in the eye. I think all these crossovers into the realm of Hollywood is, is a poke in the eye because that is not a serious endeavor. Well, here's something I don't understand. If, if Elon at this point already was worth billions of dollars, why does he need another billionaire to come in and invest in his company. I mean, I understand you spent $100 million, but if you're worth billions and you want this thing to work, 
we'll put some more money into it. I mean, what do you think any entrepreneur does unless you, you want other investors involved in your company, at which point there's always deals you have to make so that uh, – you know, the person doing the investing is going to have some some sort of payback for it. So that, to me, bothered me. Like, why, why would he that even need to happen? If I had billions of dollars and I really, really, really wanted to get rockets into space and I totally believed in myself in this company, I would just put more, more of my own money into it. What did we say? Do you remember what we said he was worth at the outset? Because when you read that, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, 11.5 billion, you said. That's what it says as of last year, yeah. So he blows 100 million of his own cash. Um, and then he needs a bailout, but he's worth $11.5 billion. Yeah, that doesn't really add up, does it? No, that's what I'm saying. And even if he wasn't worth quite that much, uh, you know, in the earlier days of SpaceX, he was still worth billions of dollars, $100 million. I mean, even if he threw another $100 million, million in, he he still had billions. I mean, it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, kind of pi- let's picture Tony Stark from, from the Marvel Universe. He wouldn't take someone else's money. He'd be like, no, I'm going to do it, you know? it's It's the ego thing. It's like, this is mine and mine alone, you know? Well, yeah, it's it, – yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It, it doesn't make sense that another billionaire would have – although now that I'm thinking about it, Jason, if I remember back, um, if I was to go back and look at Tesla Motors in 08, uh, wasn't the claim that, that they were having trouble? So I guess the picture they'd be painting is that this poor man, Elon Musk, has two you know, multi-million dollar companies, neither one, neither one of which is turning a profit yet. No, that was actually was one of the big problems, and um, I was reading articles comparing him to some other billionaire from, I believe it was Brazil, who kept starting companies but actually had no clue what to do. He made billions on gold when it, it shot up and then thought he could do anything, started investing in all these companies, taking people's billions, including the government's, and destroyed it all, just wiped them all out because he, in honesty, had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. You know, it's ironic to me that he named the the capsules Dragon, and I've seen other YouTubers do work on the naming of the capsules. Um, but right now, for people who remember, China is claiming they're on the moon. Right now, yeah. China is claiming they have a robot on the moon. Um, for some reason, we don't have all this sweet HD video and all this amazing imagery that we've never seen before because they're not actually there. But as we see China become ascendant, on the world stage and seemingly start to take the place the United States used to hold. Um, I wonder if some of the dragon capsule naming is in that. I mean, because look at what we're looking at here. We're told the United States were the only people who went to the moon. Of course, they lied about it. Um, We're told that Russia is one of the only other places that landed things on the moon. I don't know where Japan is and all this. I know they've supposedly orbited things. But now we're being told that China, who is on the world stage ascendant, is sitting on the moon right now with a lunar lander. And here's Elon Musk naming his capsules Dragon. (laughs) But anyone who wants to go out and look at the capsules this is there, there's no ring of truth in it. Uh, I saw these at the Houston Space Disneyland, um, and what they basically are are Apollo era designs with a shinier coat of paint and a slightly maybe larger aspect to them. Uh, when we go back to Disneyland and we go back to the wonderful world of Disney Sunday nights in America, broadcast every Sunday night in black and white. They were having Werner von Braun on Disney. They were having Walt Disney and his Imagineers show us what was next in space. And I'll tell you what, um, what they were showing us then more closely matched what Kubrick had shown us in 2001 than anything we have seen since. In other words, Disneyland back in the 
60s and 70s, I guess, uh, was showing us all these amazing vehicles, these spinning space stations that generated their own gravity, all these amazing things that never came to be. And yet here in the modern age, what we're looking at is dragon capsules, which are basically a better painted version of the Apollo equipment. Yeah, I actually watched some of those old Disney films with Werner von Braun. They started in the 50s talking about what they're going to do on the moon and all that. And I'm actually wondering with all the stuff that Elon Musk is doing if they're trying to play catch-up because the public space program is so far behind in all the things that they were bragging about in the 50s and 60s. Maybe what uh, Elon's job here is to kind of bring it up because people are questioning, like, shouldn't we be farther ahead? 50 years ago, we were on the freaking moon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to me, it shows the entertainment, you know, come in and hold your mind aspect of what space really is. And by the word, the the word space in Gematria is 44. So that should tell everybody something. Um, But to get back to it, Back in the 50s when Werner von Braun and up into the 60s with the the Disneyland, most of us remember on Sunday nights, the wonderful world of Disney, they're showing a space station that is almost identical to what Kubrick ends up bringing us in 2001 as they're getting ready to claim they land on the moon. In my view, what you're looking at here is social engineering. They're implanting these ideas, but you hit it on the head. They implanted these ideas that were much better than they could deliver, apparently, because in the 50s, all these cool vehicles and space stations were coming and jetpacks and all this stuff that we never got. And here in the new millennium, we're looking at basically fancy paint jobs on the Apollo equipment. Yep, totally. Moving along in the timeline of SpaceX, on December 8th, 2010, they send their Dragon capsule into orbit around the Earth. It safely crashes into the Pacific Ocean, which is the first time a commercial spacecraft has uh, done so. Then on April 5th, 2011, SpaceX reveals plans for a Falcon Heavy rocket, with claims that its three banks of nine engines, or a three-core design, makes it as powerful as a three-stage rocket, and a three-stage rocket would have been uh, something along the lines of the Saturn V. Hmm. You know, I saw people breaking this down at the time. Did you see any of the footage from this, Jason, when you were going through this? Yes. And what was your takeaway? The launches look legit. Um, it's it's once they start getting up into the air and out into space is when everything starts to look really wonky. Because um, and I don't see why there'd be a problem launching rockets to begin with, as far as basic physics. If you got the understanding of how to do it, fine, you can launch stuff. Uh, and everything always shoots up and into an arc, and you know you see it go up so far. It's and then once they're up there, you start seeing things like camera edits and things that just don't look right. Like why why all of a sudden do the cameras look different and all that? And that really bothers me. Yeah, um, you know you see the hard arc, but as we've covered in in previous shows, Jason, we're talking about shooting an object that is we are told many times faster than a bullet. Um, and there's no getting away from that. Uh, you know, I've said for a long time, in my view, what you're looking at is basically a big firework being launched and shot out, arcing over out of view into the ocean. Um, when you start to consider that the slowest bullet, you know, like what would it be? Maybe like a 45 caliber bullet. I don't know. I'm guessing um, is many, many, many times slower than what we're told these rockets are doing. Um, That tells you something. That means they're not putting people in these things, um, for one thing. And I don't know how you get away from that. Uh, Actually, NASA blatantly says in the new, uh, in the Orion promo, that it's their new SLS, their their very big rocket that they've built that's even bigger than the Saturn V, is going 35 times the speed of a bullet. So just kind of take that in, folks. (laughs) 
I, you know, and, and I've said this a bunch of times, I had friends in the Marine Corps, a couple of which I played music with, and they were fighter pilots. Uh, one, one was a Harrier guy, another, I forget, like some kind of F-16 type plane, I think. Um, but they would talk about what it took the training to withstand the G's. And they talked about the suits they had that would squish their legs to keep all the blood from rushing from their head. They told me about these breathing exercises where they literally have to physically go through this breathing and then this kind of tightening of your body to prevent passing out simply from banking in a jet. And so here you're looking at a plant, you know, a rocket, which I guess they're claiming now is 35 times faster than a bullet. And it is arcing. Well, if it went straight, that would be bad enough. But the minute you start to arc, that's no different than a jet banking. And this is when these fighter pilots have to implement all these things to prevent themselves from passing out due to G-force. Um, it just doesn't add up. And I'll tell you what, when you go back to the Apollo missions and look at those spacesuits, and we've already demonstrated where's all the radiation shielding, where's all this anything with these spacesuits, um, it just none of it, none of it will balance the spreadsheet for me. You know, I'd actually like to speak to an aerospace engineer and ask them because I actually been finding a lot of videos of rockets obviously doing this research and I'm watching them all and they all all of them do that arc. And one of the most interesting ones I saw was somebody filmed from a plane exactly what I would expect to see from like the ISS and the space shuttle. Somebody stuck their iPhone out the window, you know, right up to the window and filmed a space shuttle launch right. and it went up and then started to curve. And and it was fast. I mean, and then it yeah, and then it cut. And and I know exactly the footage, you know, because I touted that footage for a while. I told people to go look it up, because the time, from the time of liftoff to the arc, and you can already tell the arc's going to be too hard when the video cuts. But this became a bit of a fingerprint to me. Why is it that all this? There's so much video out there where the rocket goes up, it starts arcing, and then the video cuts. Why in the world would anyone cut a clip when you're filming something like this? Well, I mean, wouldn't you film it until you couldn't see it anymore? Of course you would. Um, I film all the time. I know exactly what a person in a situation like that would be. You're looking at an amazing thing. So, of course, you're going to try to get amazing video. You're not going to turn off your camera um, when you still have, have good visibility. But one thing I noticed is much of the cutting of these supposed rocket launches is done as the arc is starting to become so hard, it will start to look like it's coming back down. Yeah, and that's what I saw with, the, with all these launches, including the SpaceX ones. So, next, we have May 25th, 2012. SpaceX docks the Dragon capsule to the ISS. It is berthed at the Harmony module. This is the first time a commercial spacecraft has docked with the space station. Do we, did you happen to catch any supposed video of this event? Uh, I saw some videos of what looked like the, the thing docking, and it just... Everything of SpaceX looks wonky to me. It's... If you got a guy who's who's a multi-billionaire and it's this is his corporation, good grief, have better cameras. I mean, come on. So so let's let's do the old table flip that we always do. Okay, everyone listening and me, we're now the CEO of SpaceX. Um, tomorrow morning, we're going to launch a rocket. Uh, it's going to take this thing up called the Dragon Capsule, and we're going to actually dock to the International Space Station. So everybody out there listening, who's in charge with me for this next five seconds, what's important? Well, first thing, safety, of course, that's important. Completing the mission, that would be number two, that's important. What's the third thing? Kick butt HD video would be the third thing, and this is never what we get. And, you know, it's funny, 
you know, Jason, when when we go in between these shows, I'm going to go back and review some of the SpaceX footage um, because I'm beginning to wonder if now that they are a privately held corporation, that they're even less concerned with the video that they're showing. I mean, think about the the reverse landing rockets that we were just shown. I mean, it's patently ridiculous. Well, the one thing I really, really, really totally jumped out at me was at all this SpaceX stuff is it looks like it's full of 20-somethings and 30-somethings. You see the occasional guy who looks like maybe 40s or older, but almost all of them are super young. So, I mean, that reeks to me of gullibility. Yeah, I, you would imagine um, that if you were going to be look at look at the story we're we're told from Sir Richard Branson's supposed Virgin Galactic, um, they went out and they got all these NASA guys, and they were either on staff or they were advising or they were taking up all these things, making it look like all this experience we got at NASA is what space uh, Virgin Galactic was trying to build on. Can you imagine um, any scenario where a place like SpaceX would not be whole hog after every McDonnell Douglas, every NASA employee, every, you know, anyone with experience in space, uh, you know, you've got to imagine that's how this would go. You don't see that because I looked, I kept watching and the people that they have interviewing are like young, decent looking guys. Uh, there's one I watched multiple times. It had a really pretty blonde girl and two young dudes who, if they were 30, I'd be surprised. It makes sense, Jason, because they're probably trying to make a very clean division between NASA and SpaceX. And so it just wouldn't do to have some of those NASA holes, you know, in SpaceX when enough people have come to realize what NASA did to us. Well, that and let's face it, most engineers aren't very good speakers. They'd be boring as hell on camera. So it's like they can't use those people. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I remember it wasn't too, too long ago, um, you know, people were talking about getting their own little micro satellite up and they were trying to get me on board. And I said, no, um, nothing's going to space. It's a complete waste of time. And I got sent the, you know, the bio from the company who was supposedly doing this. And lo and behold, um, all these ex-NASA employees. But here was the funny thing. In the resumes, they would not say the word NASA. They would claim 30, 35 years experience in aerospace industry, um, basically saying NASA, but not willing to say the word because, you know, in, in near the millennium, near the year 2000, if you said you had 30 years of space experience, well, what are you talking about? You basically have three or four options and NASA is involved with all of them. So it it, it appeared to me at the time that even then NASA had become a bad word um, because here's all these people claiming all this aerospace and they're involved now with micro satellites supposedly, but none of them would say I worked for NASA and it was clear that's what they were talking about. I actually don't understand how these companies are surviving because there are more these days that are doing space stuff. What what are they what are they doing to make money? You know, like I was looking at the links you had sent me about the the X Prize with the Moon. It's like, and all these companies. There's five companies that that got their project approved by them in time to say, hey, we could possibly do this. How on earth are you paying for that? No matter who you are, it's millions of dollars minimally to launch something. So in my view, what you're looking at is the richest among us, the elite playing their mind games. All this stuff is developed to convince you there is space travel coming, to convince you that the moon landing happened, to convince you that space is what you've been told, to convince you that the NASA orbital model is right, and to convince you that back in the 60s, Star Trek was showing you exactly what space looks like. 
this is what the elite do. Uh, money is not a problem. And when you look at exactly what you just said, a normal human being trying to run a normal business has to show a profit at some point. Even if that normal human being is a billionaire, um, at some point, there has to be a profit. Uh, you can't go on indefinitely. Um, so, I mean, it's just another hole in what we're being shown, I think. Well, the one thing I've noticed watching interviews with very rich people is they do not like to waste money. You know, it's they're not going to run a company that's that's in the red constantly. Yeah, it's it's a bit baffling. And, um, when you know, it's funny. I would invite everyone uh, to get off topic for a second here to go on Google Earth and go look at the spaceport in the middle of uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and scrutinize it. And, you know, what do you see there? What do you see going on? Is this a great scientific endeavor to put average people from this world in space or is something else going on there? Scrutinize that aerial view that you have of that spaceport. Go online and see what they've actually built and it will be able to, it'll start to come home to you if you can look at it in a no-nonsense critical way. Yeah, exactly. Where things start uh, to really heat up for SpaceX. On October 8th, 2012, they complete their first resupply mission to the ISS. Since they are proving that they can deliver, SpaceX gets a $1.6 billion paycheck for this mission and its next 12 trips to the ISS. Uh, in 2016, SpaceX was awarded a second version of this contract that will cover a minimum of six additional flights from 2019 onward. So here we go. They're they're completely in bed with NASA and everything, and they're getting money. Here we go. You know, it's is that is is that just a government paycheck? It must be just a government paycheck, right? One point six billion dollar paycheck from the supposed American government. From NASA, supposedly. Wow, from NASA. So that's actually cut into the budget. Um, yeah, I mean, what are we looking at here? Um, and again, where is all the amazing video of this next generation tech called the Dragon Capsules and the heavy lift rockets and all this fancy schmancy branding that they're putting on these things? Uh, where's all the sweet video? We live in the digital age. We live in the HD age. These are amazing events that are being described to us. And yet, the idea of a spacewalk has become so boring because of what we've been shown. The idea that the the moon missions went away because the American people couldn't be bothered to pay attention anymore. I would suggest to you this is all engineering to force the outcome they want to happen. The truth is that if you take a heavy lift rocket that goes 35 times the, the speed of a bullet, you leave our atmosphere you go into orbit, into space, going 17,500 miles an hour, and you dock with another capsule up there with people living in it from all countries all over the world. That is an amazing, amazing endeavor. And that means that we would have kick-butt video to demonstrate these amazing things that are going on. And this is just not what we see. Play around with the consoles and things that look very Star Trek-y to me. Why is he just not sticking cameras in the windows? Like, watch the launch from the bottom all the way up to the ISS. Watch the entire trip in HD. It's just not happening. No, and then the whole thing that I always say, where's that amazing, amazing burn that we're told anything coming back into our atmosphere has to do? You want to talk about something amazing. So now you got human beings in this little bubble that's shielded, but it is a Roman candle 
It is completely a glowing coal burning back into our atmosphere. Does that satisfy the definition of amazing? For me, it does. And where is our ground-based observer filming this in high definition? Um, we just don't have it. And it is a very, very telling thing. Yep. Up next for SpaceX, they're working on their takeoff and landing rockets, which I remember as a kid, NASA saying the whole problem with rockets is they can't take off and land, that, that they have to be disposable. But be that as it may, December 17, 2012, SpaceX completes a successful 12-story test flight for the 100-foot-tall Grasshopper rocket. Then on March 9, 2013, they complete a successful 24-story test flight. Uh, it hovers for 30 seconds, then descends safely back to Earth. On October 7, 2013, they complete its eighth and final test flight for the Grasshopper, and then it's retired. Apparently, they got all the telemetry they needed out of that and on how to do that with this smaller rocket, and then they can start working on that with the Falcons. Next big thing for them, April 25, 2014, SpaceX sues the United States Air Force to be able to compete for big money national security-related rocket launch contracts. <laughs> how, I'm sure how, you have something to say about that one. Well, um... You know, there there was there used to be this whole idea when I was younger that you had to ask permission to sue the federal government. Um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if there's any there there, but that used to be like a big thing. You know, when I was maybe in my late 20s, the idea had been floated out there that if you wanted to sue the federal government, you had to ask permission. I don't know if that's true or not. But when you begin to look at what's going on here, um, first of all, why does the Air Force – why do they have to compete at all? You know, it's telling you something. So if if this is about rocket launches and big money, well, from the get go, we've been talking about what NASA does. And clearly, here's the military, you know, proving that this was always a quasi military endeavor. Um, but I guess I got to ask, Jason, what what did you glean anything more from this? The idea of a lawsuit here? It was just a, a statement because, of course, it gets resolved, you know. Oh, I'm guessing they won, right? Yeah, and that's a couple months down the line. Um, before I get to that part, you, you see the build-up to it. September 16th, 2014, NASA announces it has a deal with SpaceX and Boeing. Uh, it's a partnership to be the first American companies to launch astronauts to the ISS. The deal ends NASA's reliance on expensive Russian crew transport by 2017, so this year. On January 16, 2015, their first first-stage landing attempt on a drone ship at sea fails due to it running out of hydraulic fluid just before touchdown. This is their takeoff and landing rocket. Then we get to the, to the agreement. June 23, 2015, the U.S. Air Force agrees to work with SpaceX. The agreement reached states that the Air Force will certify SpaceX's rockets for military satellite launches, and SpaceX drops their lawsuit against them. They received their certification on May 26, 2015, being only the second company cleared to launch national security payloads into orbit. So there you go. They can do whatever yeah, they want now. So, They're, everything's A-OK. -okay. So you can see what's going on. I just did a quick search while you were going through all that to look at the actual supposed lawsuit that apparently Elon Musk drops because they just decide to give him permission, which is a bit ironic. You know, if there's all this money in it, you think someone might be willing to fight to hold on to that monopoly. But it, it appears to me this is what's going on. They are shifting public perception where the military used to be in charge of national security. That's why 
the Air Force has a monopoly on all these. This is national security we're talking about here. But now, here's one headline. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk sues government to break U.S. Air Force national security launch monopoly. So now what they're doing is introducing the idea that a private corporation can handle national security as well as anyone else. We don't need no damn military. Here's this guy, Elon Musk. He's a billionaire. He can handle it, right? Um, you can see the whole kind of shift where the the foundational ideas of what we thought this country are are being broken apart. You know, at one time, if you would have asked anyone in this country back in the day who protects us, who's concerned with national security, they would have told you the military and the government. Well, here with this one headline, you're watching a private corporation break that, smash that, and reintroduce the idea that private corporations can handle our national security. They can do it all. We don't need no stinking military. We don't need no stinking government. Private corporations, those dead entities that we give the rights of human beings. But that was a bit wordy, I guess. <laughs> now, let's not forget about the whole globalism thing being introduced with this, too, because Elon Musk is not an American. He right. He's from South Africa. He is an American citizen. He did get his uh, citizenship in the early 2000s, but... You know, this is a guy from not a country that um, could could easily stand up to the United States for certain. And here he is with this giant uh, situation going on, taking on the United States military. Well, look at the look at the British influence over the continent and, and look at South Africa. You know, we're talking about apartheid big time in his lifetime born 71 or 72, whatever he was. Um, so, I mean, again, are we looking at a wealthy white bread um family of Elon's. I didn't do enough to look into it, but clearly, you know, those are things we could take a, a glance at here. Um, Br Britain's sway over Africa cannot be overstated. Oh, no. I mean, everybody knows that the whole British Empire, you know, control of everything and that folks need to understand that that's even though they say it's just honorary these days or, or in, in name only, the reach is everywhere. It, that, that didn't go away all of a sudden. No, it, it just became, you know, it, they never lost it. You know, the idea that um, the British Empire fell and they had to relinquish in India, the, these are all just falsehoods. Uh, they they have the same sway they ever did over these places. And by the time they left India, anyhow, they changed it so much um, and kind of westernized it or Britishized it um, that you could see the lasting effects of the British Empire, but I think the main idea of what we see here is at some point they realized that men with guns were not going to be a predictable outcome, that people were going to rise up against that, that all these things could possibly go wrong when they were trying to force with a jackboot their will. So the whole world stage has flipped over now to this idea of social engineering and to kind of do the frog and boiling water thing where slowly but surely, like we're seeing here with SpaceX, um, here's a private corporation that now is A-OK -okay to do national security. They don't serve us. They don't have any interest in us. A corporation serves its board of directors and its shareholders, and yet they are A-OK -okay to go with our national security launches. Um, it's these things that are slowly ramped out into the public eye and over time they become the way of things and this is social engineering at its kind of sneakiest and most effective the other thing that's got to be understood here is if they've got national security clearance that means that anything that spacex is doing from this point on if they were indeed a legit just private corporation now they're in bed with the defense department and you know that nothing can ever get discussed ever again 
uh, for national security reasons. Like no matter what they're doing, it now needs to be obfuscated. Well, that, that's a good point. All the headlines I just read were exactly that. Um, well, now SpaceX has its certificate to deal with national security. The Air Force previously had a monopoly on this. So you nailed it. They don't even have to claim company secrets, do they? They've got a certificate that says they are responsible enough to deal with national security. So that's the only thing they'll ever have to say again if they wanted to is you can't ask us that. It has to do with national security. And again, I wonder if, if the whole having really young people working there, it's it's just for, for the uh, fact that they can manipulate these people. Older people generally, you know, they've lived longer and they've seen more things. They're going to question more things. When you have 20-somethings fresh out of school, I mean, what life experiences they had, you know, getting broken up with over fa- on Facebook? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's almost like they're drawing the picture of what people thought Silicon Valley was, you know, and, and I was I was right there. You know, I was working on the Internet, hoping that I would be a part of one of the companies that did really well and that I would have stock in. Of course, my company got pushed out and the people who ran the company stole all the stock back from the common shareholders um, after the fact. But it almost looks like the SpaceX ideal is pushing this young, smart geeks kind of thing. Now, here's the interesting thing. I started looking into some of these people, and they are indeed 20s and 30s folks at the most. I was going on LinkedIn. I was following their profiles. I was looking them up on Facebook. And they're just normal people, you know. There's nothing – these are the people who are doing national security work. (laughs) <laughs> no, and I'm talking about they're acting just like any other 20-something. They're putting goofy pictures on Facebook. Um, I'm reading their LinkedIn profiles, you know, and man, it, it just doesn't add up. I, I hate to be a cynic, man, but it's almost time for someone to go grab some of those images and do a reverse Google search to see how many show up at Newtown, Connecticut, for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that yet, but the big thing I was trying to do is just to see, do these people really work there um, – and I, they seem like they're real people. I mean, I saw enough pictures that it looked legit, but you never know, especially with all the shenanigans we've seen with false flags. And since SpaceX is now officially part of uh, doing doing deals with the government, then you got to start being really suspicious because that's who's pulling off all these other situations that, that we know are used to manipulate our society as a whole. So now SpaceX is in bed with that. Well, there's yes, no, they are. yeah, there's no separating it. Not only that, they're the vanguard for the, you know, high end electric car, all, all of that. But you, you cannot separate the false news things like Sandy hoax and what Sandy hoax came to mean and the Boston bombing and 9-11 for those who have woken up enough to understand that it was something other than what they were told. Um, this is your government who is complicit in this. And this is your government who is running NASA. You know, so many people in the modern era, if you told them, do you trust your government, would probably say not so much, particularly with the election that just went down. But you ask those same people how they feel about NASA, and it's this whole other thing because they've seen these exciting pictures and these mission statements. But you've got to understand NASA is your government. Not only is it your government, it's quasi-military. You can look up the charter or the you know, I, I forget what it's called, the, the initiation papers for NASA. And it tells you flat out that it is involved in military operations. And of course it was because they had to have a way 
to say we can't tell you that because it has to do with military or national security or whatever. But there is no separating our government from the false news cycles. And this is the very same government that is in bed with SpaceX and has been running NASA and has been lying to us all about what space is and what they can do in space. Some of the other funny things I noticed watching SpaceX videos. Now, everyone's familiar with the old 60s and 70s NASA uh, films where they're showing the, con- the 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 main control place where you know you got all these very serious guys sitting around smoking cigarettes staring at screens and jotting things down on paper. Well, SpaceX has something similar, and it's a bunch of kids with headsets, um, but some of them don't look like they're all that interested. It's it's really ironic. Like you see, one guy's reading the newspaper. Uh, one guy looked like he was just kind of asleep. He was slumped over. You know, it's just – I don't know, man. And and the video I mentioned earlier where they were talking about the um, – I think it was one of the Falcon 9's takeoff and landing. They had a pretty blonde girl and two guys, and they're almost laughing about things. Like the the girl at one point puts her finger up to her lips like she was about to, to, to lose it laughing, discussing the whole situation. I mean it just didn't look like a very valid – realistic situation. It was almost like they were put in a situation that they weren't entirely comfortable with discussing. Well, you know, the the, the renaming of Sandy Hook to Sandy Hoax has gone, done so much benefit for people to understand what went on there. Maybe we should just take the Falcon 9 rocket and lose the FAL. We'll call it the Con 9 rocket from now on. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you've got to wonder if that isn't a big part of getting the word con into that name, because this is exactly the kind of pokes in the eye. The fact that you told me that it's, you know, on the Millennium Falcon, um, you know, that's that's an insult, man. Star Wars was an okay movie from the 70s, but there is nothing serious about it, and it has no basis on what space travel actually is. So for my money, let's call it the Con 9 um, and let people work things out for themselves. Well, you were mentioning Gematria way earlier to, in this show, People are running the numbers for all of this stuff that, you know, in, in the calculators that you can get out there for free. Yep. Um, all of the names were adding up to, you know, very significant numbers like 33 and all like all the things that you would expect to see cropping up are, are absolutely cropping up. And, and without a fault, too, like they're all coming up to something that seems to have some sort of significant significance. Well, you know, I was following a new channel um, that I had just found. He's a Brit, and he goes around uh, downtown London showing that all the the main players in the, you know, take over the world game have addresses that are 10. Um, And I think that might apply here, because when you're looking at SpaceX, you could be looking at the Roman numeral X, which would be 10, which would mark this as a foundational number one starting point for private corporation to um, be planting its flag. You know, we're replacing NASA. Now all us rich dudes that have private corporations and control the court systems and do all these things that the average person wouldn't like, you know, maybe that X really does stand for this. And And I would point out to you. You can even go into the aiming, the naming of things like Xbox. You know, they had the Xbox 360, then they had something else. And all of a sudden, they came to Xbox One. Um, you go look at the naming of things, um, you can really learn a lot. And in, in terms of the Xbox, can you imagine a way to collect more data on the young generation than an Xbox? I can't um, for the life of me. 
Oh, it's it's admitted in the user agreements, not that anybody ever reads those things, that especially with the Connect system and all that, yep. they're, they're watching you, they're recording data. I, I mean, I doubt that they're watching you, everybody is being watched 24-7. The whole point is they can. They can connect to those things. They can turn it on. And those things see through several rooms of your house. I've seen people uh, tear that apart, and it's scary, man. Like, you are literally just opening yourself up. Yeah, I, I won't have any part of it. Um, you know, I tried to tell my nephews never get an Xbox One. Well, that lasted for them about three days because there's these games that everyone they know plays. Um, it's it's beyond the pale. And, you know, what's ironic about that, There there is a whole to kind of get off point for a minute here. In my mind, there is a definite allegory between Apple computers and the Apple Corp that the Beatles owned. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a whole lawsuit between the two companies where supposedly Apple or iTunes, as I guess I'll call them, was not allowed to play Beatles music. And there was this whole lawsuit going on. But when I looked at it, it made me instantly realize that there is some connection between Apple and Apple. The funny thing is, is that Apple was the underdog in the data collection computer world, but they had been collecting data at high levels from almost the outset. And so much so that now the claim is, is that Windows 10, which is just being shoved out the door at everyone now is trying to catch up to the amount of data collection there. But I don't really know how we got off on the data collection tangent. But anyhow, we, we are at the top of the hour, Jason. What what would you like to add before we uh, before we take a break? Well, before we head on to the second hour, I'll just say that on December 21st, 2015, they finally successfully land a Falcon 9 rocket. So the claim is they can now launch a Falcon 9 rocket and land a Falcon 9 rocket safely. And again, I I remember as a child NASA saying that you can't do that. Now, I'm not saying that they aren't doing it. Technology has come a long way. But SpaceX now claims they can launch a rocket and land it safely. So this is the reverse landing thing footage that we all saw, right? That's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, to me, this is a complete nonsense. Um, what they did is they ran a video backwards. Um, I actually took that um, footage and I ran it back. I ran the launch part of it backwards. Um, I don't know if it got doctored beyond that, but I'm not buying it for a second. And I think the simple answer here is they simply reversed the video. Well, and the thing we all got to remember here is that uh, SpaceX is a private corporation. There's nobody overseeing this. Whatever we're seeing is what they want to give us to see. Well, look at the date on this, too. It's December 21. It is the winter solstice, um, the weakest point of the sun. Um, There's no getting away from the sun for some reason whenever we're talking about space. I guess it's not that amazing thing to think about, but so many of the early missions being named after the sun god Apollo and so much of the sun being encoded into the mission patches and everything else. So whenever I see a date like December 21, which is a solstice, and we get this claim, um, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that these things weren't timed out for a reason. No, and I'm wondering if they're doing the same thing that NASA does, certain dates and certain times and all that because of numerology, gematria, and all that. Right. It it does seem to be a major portion of the spellcraft and the kind of time control coming from a group of elite people who seem to have a much better handle on what the cycle of times are about than any of the rest of us. And, well, we'll get into the rest of what SpaceX is doing in hour two. All right. Do you want to give a breakdown at all of what we're going to be covering, or do you want to just break it? Basically, SpaceX wants to go to Mars, and we can we can rip that apart when we get there. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope they get Matt Nomad, or is it Matt Damon, on their team, because they're going to need him. <laughs> yes.
All right. Well, we'll call that the top of the hour, Jason. This is Crow 777 Radio Podcast, episode 42 with Jason Lindgren. We are taking apart SpaceX. This is the first hour. I hope to see you over at Crow 777 Radio.com, where the second hour will be posted for members. There it is, man. Cheers. Cheers.